This episode is sponsored by our friends at Fujifilm North America. Their X-Series digital cameras and lenses may just give you that creative edge you're looking for in your portraits and events. You'll find everything from 40 megapixel image quality to 40 frames per second bursts, plus unique in-camera film simulation modes and effortless usability. Click the link in the episode description to find the full range. There has never been a better time to invest in your passion, so make sure to click the link. Hey there, it's Nikki Klosser, and I want to let you know about an awesome free giveaway for people on our email list. If you haven't already, click the link in our podcast description or go to theportraitsystem.com slash sign up to get on the list. If you sign up, you'll get a free posing 101 PDF to jumpstart things. It's an epic PDF, so you'll definitely want to get this. Also, just by being in our email community, you'll get deals, sales, and information about any of our upcoming events and activities. So head over to theportraitsystem.com slash sign up and sign up today. You're listening to the Portrait System Podcast. If I'm going to challenge you around your identity, I'm going to say, hey, tell me about you as a photographer. Tell me your pitch. Give me your pitch. Give me your studio pitch. Tell me about your products. And these new people just stand in front of me going, well, I I just, um, so I shoot, um, and like they, they don't have the confidence yet because they haven't said it. They haven't been doing it. And so everybody thinks it's 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 hard, but the truth is, is learn your product, learn your service, learn your price list, and you just gotta keep practicing until you find your voice. This is the Portrait System Podcast, a show that helps portrait photographers and people hoping to become one navigate the world of photography, business, money, and so much more. We totally keep it real. We share stories about the incredible ups and the very difficult downs when running a photography business. I'm your host, Nikki Klosser, and the point of this podcast is for you to learn actionable steps that you can take to grow your own business and also to feel inspired and empowered by the stories you hear. Hey, everyone. Today, I have Sue Bryce back on the portrait system for you. This time, we go way deep into being the face of your brand. So often, we hear from people that it's really scary to put yourself out there and to do the marketing that you need to do in order to grow your business, and Sue gets to the root of all of this during this episode. Teaching about self-value and marketing yourself is absolutely one of Sue's superpowers because she had to learn this. She had to do it all herself, and she worked for decades on this. She's just got this way of taking her own experiences and teaching others through what she has learned, and I just love it. Okay, as always, please enjoy listening to Sue Bryce. Hey, how are you? I'm very good. It's good to see you. I know. You too. You too. I'm so glad we're doing this monthly now. I know. It's exciting. I love having yeah. our chats. I know. <laughs> well, I, I feel too. like I chat with you all the time, but now I'm just doing this and recording it. So yeah, I, I know. That. I know. Yeah. Right. Well, this time I was like, what are we going to talk about? What do you want to talk about? And you said about being the face of your brand. What's happening in the group, right? And, yeah, well, and you yeah. are, you're doing the 90 day startup right now. And the first thing I see all the time is how do you put yourself out there? So yeah, mm-hmm. that's definitely what's going on right now. Yeah. Well, that's what I was going to say is that's kind of what we refer to it as all the time is putting yourself out there and it freaks people out. Like yeah. I remember when I was first starting and having to to figure out how to market with myself in it and it's kind of weird. I have a distinct story like my very first Instagram photograph I po- posted it I think on 2009. Mm-hmm. I obsessed over it. Like I took 65 photographs. Yeah. I even <laughs> yeah. then 
exported it out of my phone, put it into my computer, retouched it, put it back. And then I just sat there for ages going, what are people going to think of me? Like, they're going to think I'm vain. They're going to think I'm ugly. They're going to think I'm old. And I thought of all the reasons I shouldn't post it. Then I posted it and obsessed about it for about four hours and considered deleting it because I didn't, like, I was so obsessed with what people would think of me. Mm -hmm. It never occurred to me to just share. Mind you, a long time, that was 11 years ago. You have a lot more experience with social media now, right? Right. But, you know, those first years, didn't you just feel like you were on a a world stage with a spotlight on you and that everybody was either going to criticize you or have an opinion? Oh, yeah. Even now, when I post photos of myself, I'm like, my friends and family are going to be like, dude, another photo of herself. (laughs) Like, I still think about that. But, you know, when you do the top nine on the Instagram at the end of the year, at least eight of those nine are usually me that people I'm have most liked. So I'm like, there I'm is something in the top to this. 10. I'm yeah. always in the top nine, rather. I'm always but you in the top nine. You don't post no, a lot of No, but I yourself. don't take the photograph. So it always cracks me up that like Jerson is in my, number two in my top nine. And I was like, <laughs> I didn't take it. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, but, yeah, I try not to. Yeah. Yeah. But like being the face of your brand, why is it so hard? Why are we always wondering and caring so much? What are other people going to think? Am I vain? Am I this? Am I, you know, do I not look great or... Why is it so hard to just put because when we out build there? it, when we build it, we just look for validation, and validation yeah, comes yeah. in the form of being accepted and being liked, right? So we put it out there, and all of a sudden, it's like I got twelve likes, and I'm not good enough. Or yeah. somebody rolls past and says something really derogatory, or maybe they comment on your weight or your age or the photograph. You know, I I had people say things to me like, um, you know over retouched or something like that. And it yeah. wasn't massively over retouched, but I personally felt like they were attacking me. So yeah. it's your forward face and okay, it's your physical self. You, However you feel about your physical self, that's going to be a thing because people do that. They comment on you physically. So you have to deal with whatever it is, mm-hmm. you know, and whatever you are most afraid of, whether it's your weight or your age or your your glasses or, you know, something you have, that's the thing that you're going to fear the most. And it always yeah. happens. And and when people are being mean, they'll just take a shot like four eyes, you know, or something like that. And it's always going to be cruel. So we have this little kid, right? We're just kids at primary school just wanting to be liked. And I feel like mm. that's what we do. So it's a physical component, confidence. You haven't found your voice yet. And when you yeah. haven't found your that real voice, that strong voice, you just kind of flounder a little bit or you use other people's words and you don't sound authentic and people call you out for that. So it's a fear of being rejected. Then it's the need for validation. Like if you just like me and tell me I'm good, then I'm going to be successful, which is not true mm-hmm. because, you know, getting attention doesn't mean you're going to sell anything or that you're good at making a product that sells or or a service. You're just getting attention online. Some mm-hmm. people just do that really easily. So I think physically then your work is comes from you, right? You've made it with your own hands. You've crafted it. You're going to put that out there and somebody's going to – I have people say things like, not your best work. And it's kind of like, wow, <laughs> my client <laughs> right. my client doesn't want to hear that. <laughs> right. So, yeah, it's all this stuff is coming at you. And then I think the biggest one is going to a networking event, telling mm. someone you are a professional photographer – and in business, because most of the professional photographers in our network, just like me, come to our network to learn 
they didn't go to university to learn how to be a business owner or a photographer. They don't have a business degree from Wharton. They don't have like, oh my gosh, I have a double degree in fine art photography and portrait photography because there's no such thing. And then you just build this business and you have to go into a professional network and tell people that you're a professional and you almost choke on it because you feel like such an imposter. Yeah. So you've got to hit it on every angle. And then confidence. What is confidence? Confidence is knowing what your faults are and being okay with them and liking yourself anyway. So yeah, yeah, once once you get all of those things, it doesn't matter what anybody says to you. You just realize it's not about everybody looking at you. It's about you sending out the message to everybody else, what you want, who you are, what you do with, with confidence. And you have to do it to build it. So you can't just sit at home and practice confidence with your social media without posting. You have to try everything. Oh my God, I did the dumbest things when I first started. I I just, I, I needed to constantly talk, I think, and I needed to constantly feel like I was staying connected. But yeah. I just posted dumb things like where I was eating lunch and where I was shopping. And I, I look back now and I'm kind of embarrassed, but it also built my audience. So yeah, yeah. This is a, a lot weird of people time. do that in their stories, though, and it keeps people engaged. Yeah, it does. It's, yeah, it does. Take it off your feed, put it in your stories, yeah, and then people totally. who want to go deeper will go deeper. And then the good stories you put on your highlights and that they're constantly there as a gallery. Yeah, yeah. You just said a couple really great things in there about confidence. Once you accept that your faults and still love yourself. I love. Okay, yeah. so really – what I'm hearing you say is that it all comes back to that self-value and you teach it does. It, it, not even just to photographers in your education. I think you have like what, eight hours or something of video around money blocks, self-value, all of that. And that's not about being yeah. a photographer. That's like applies to everyone. And that purely was my journey. Okay. So that comes from, that comes from one thing. When I went into business, I was 31 and I had a good folio. I had a sellable folio, right? But I couldn't sell it and I couldn't make money because I I just felt guilty. I felt guilty Same. that people would <laughs> potentially give me thousands of dollars for what? Like it, 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 I would think, what? What are they buying? And I, Because yeah. I didn't value who I was, I didn't value my time. I didn't value my price list. I didn't value the craft that I made for them. I didn't value the experience that they were having. Mm-hmm. I didn't even value the time that they had with me because I was like, I'm not valuable. But then I started to think about it and I was like, oh, I bring so much value. Like I hold a space for them. I give them all of my energy, presence, time, love, and care. Mm-hmm. I make this with my I make this with my brain and then I formulate the idea and then I make it with my eyes. And then I make it with my skill and then I craft this product and then I show them how beautiful they are. I didn't value that because in order to do that, I would have to value me as a human being, as a person, as a professional photographer, as a crafter, as an artist. And who am I? I left school when I was 15. I didn't finish high school. Who am I to call myself a professional photographer and charge $3,000? I couldn't do it. I would even stutter on the word. like yeah, So yeah. Putting, putting yourself out there for me is ownership, like who I am, the path I'm walking, the skills I've learned, and it was about finding my true value, mm-hmm. and then you get to purpose, right? Purpose, mm-hmm. is not, purpose is not what you were sent to this earth for. Purpose is 
all of your greatest strengths in the service of others. And it's that's it, my greatest strengths. And I know now what my greatest strengths are. So you find value in doing it, and then you just keep finding your little way through there because mm-hmm. you can't not. Every yeah. time you get, it's like a bumper cut, you'll get knocked back and then you'll think, okay, well, I won't talk like that anymore. I'll do it like this. I always say to people, even newbies, like if you've got 300 followers and you're getting 27 likes on your page, when what are you doing when people like it more? Like for you, you you constantly post your studio photographs and you constantly get bookings from Instagram and mm-hmm. networking. Mm-hmm. But when you post who you are and tell and talk with your authentic voice, like me and my boys, being a business owner, you get way more traction. And that yeah. tells me the audience thinks that your strength is building a business, being an online face brand. You have two podcasts. Like it's clear to me that your personal strengths are now ahead of you. Yeah. And at first, that's not going to happen, but you had to find that, right? Oh, and I totally. remember when you had 27 likes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I do. I oh, remember. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. It's been such a journey. And it's interesting because I think I've interviewed like 50 something, 50 plus people so far on this podcast. And one of the common threads, Sue, almost every time is someone says something about finding their self-value and learning to just value what they do. It's always a common thread. Always. Okay. How many, Nikki, out of the thousands of students that we work with, how many have you seen literally walk into SBE and say, I can sell, I have self-value, I have product value, I am not afraid, I have got this, and I am going to do it. And they just (laughs) dive in there and start selling at a two, $3,000 average. How many times do you see that? You don't because no. everybody coming in is comparing themselves to every photographer in the group. Yeah. They're also comparing themselves to everybody that's already at a $2,000 average. Mm-hmm. And if your work is better than theirs, then you're going to look at it and go, my work's better than theirs and they're making money and I'm not, right? And so I used to think, okay, this is a self-value because if I'm going to challenge you around your identity, I'm going to say, hey, tell me about you as a photographer. Tell me your pitch, give me your pitch, give me your studio pitch, tell me about your products. And these new people just stand in front of me going, well, I I just, um, so I shoot, um, yeah. and it's like they, they don't have the confidence yet because they haven't said it, they haven't been doing it. And so everybody thinks it's, it's, it's hard, but the truth is, is learn your product, learn your service, learn your price list, learn everything there is about your studio and then learn what it is that you love doing about it. And then you just speak through that. And inevitably what comes forward is this flowing voice of just enthusiasm. It's filled with information. It's enticing. It's exciting. And you just got to keep practicing until you find your voice. I know that's what I was going to say. Like, okay, so we're telling people, yes, you have to be the face of your brand. You have to find your voice. You have to find the self-confidence. Like I guess, like, how do people even begin to show up in their brand? Oh, look, I'm going to challenge you all right now. Everybody out there listening to this, hear my words. Have you been photographed? 
by a professional photographer and have mm. you paid a professional price for that work? And is that work in your on your about page, in your studio, framed yeah. on your wall? Because what has more value than walking into a studio and saying, my portraits were taken by Nikki Klosser, my portraits were taken by Jason Lopez. I go to professional photographers because I'm a professional photographer. I honor it. I mm -hmm. value it. I pay for it every year because that's the whole point. And until you know what it's like to stand in your client's shoes or to pick a photographer across the country and then book in with them, get all the information, have that consultation, fly there, experience it. Have you done that? And if you haven't done that, why not? So that's the yeah. first challenge I throw out there because every single website I review on people that are failing to break through in their marketing or their selling, they don't have an about page, they don't have beautiful portraits, they don't know the value of portraits, and mm -hmm. they don't know because they've never experienced it. I have photographers come into our network, you hear this all the time, and they say, I'm not even my client. I go, what do you yeah. mean by that? They go, well, I wouldn't spend $1,500 on photographs. And I said, if I took them, would you? And they were like, well, that's different. And I said, how? How is it different? You just yeah. pick a photographer you love and go and be photographed. Have Tell them you're a photographer. Do the full experience. Experience how nervous you feel, how served you feel, how present you think your photographer is with you. If they heard you, listened to you, saw you. Like this is what you've got to learn. You've got to learn what it feels like. So go there. Second, if you haven't written an epic bio and if you haven't watched the 3 by 3 bio on SBE, Go and do it right now and connect yeah. it to all your social media because there's no clarity about who you are and what you do. And you've really got to say it and write it down like it's not you saying it. For yeah. me, I couldn't write my bio. I just could not talk about myself in a valuable way. So I had somebody else write it and it lived there for years. Now I've written my own bio. It took me a long time to do that. So those two things are so important. And then the third one, and this is really hard to hear. This is really hard to hear, but it's really important. You know, your first impression is everything. Oh, and it's it more is. than what comes out of your mouth. Mm -hmm. It's how you dress and how you hold yourself, your body language, and the energy you have in the room. So, yes, it is your physical self. Mm -hmm. But I'm, I started putting my brand on an international stage when I was 40. I was um, overweight. I was un, I was just not loving myself, right? I just, I was working and didn't care how I looked. And then mm -hmm. all of a sudden I was on a world stage and I was like, oh, I look really bad. And people would say that I looked bad on social media, which stopped yeah. me from wanting to go back up on stage. Like well, it yeah, almost stopped me, Nikki. Yeah. So then that was it. So I realized that I had to clean up my clothes, like get my hair right, like look after how I physically look so I can walk into a room with a little bit more confidence but it's not your physical self. I'm saying it just, it's about you giving yourself just a little bit more care. Spruce it yes, up. Give totally. yourself some self-love and, and talk to yourself. Like guys and girls, it's not about being um, like physically perfect or anything like that. It's about dressing nicely and owning mm -hmm. the power of you being a business owner, walking into a networking and saying, hey, I've got something to offer. Nice to meet you. And just being confident in yourself, which is, Confidence in a networking is 
it's not about getting people to like you. It's about being okay if they don't, right? That's the mm-hmm. whole saying. Confidence is I don't care if they don't like me because I like me. And inevitably they like you then because you're not mm-hmm. trying to sell or you're just connecting and sharing and you're coming from a place of power. So you've definitely got to do some personal work. Yeah. And and to me, I was like, I look shabby. I don't have nice clothes. I don't spend money on clothes. And I was just like, I would always have hair and makeup done, but I just didn't feel like I would look like somebody that owned a studio and that was like a professional photographer. And so you got to hit it all, like yeah, hit that yeah. money value, hit that pricing value, practice, find that confidence and really just start showing up and being more because you've got to see yourself as more to be more. So right. sometimes it's just a matter of, okay, what is it for you? For me, it's my hair. Like if I go to a networking event and I don't have my hair and makeup done, I feel like I haven't got my stage. Yeah. I haven't got my stage suit on. Yeah. And like totally. one day I was at I was at WPPI in the halls and I was going down to the gym, so I had no makeup on and I was sweating. I just run a 5K. It was early in the morning and WPPI was on and people were starting to come out to early classes and I'm running back with my hat on. And people started to like grab me and be like, Sue, Sue. And I was just like, oh, hi, how's it going? And I realized when I don't have my mask on, my networking mask, I very much am shy. I wasn't in my strong voice and I was trying to avoid people. So to me, it's about just doing my hair, feeling comfortable. And then I empower myself before I go into any room. Like I'm not here to make these people like me. I'm just here to like ask them what they do. Yeah. And that's how I do it. Like Jerson yeah. said to me, how do you make friends so easily when you walk into a room? And I said, I don't talk about myself unless yeah. asked. Yeah. And, yeah. and I said, and when you first join a group, nobody asks about you. They ask very surface questions. Do you have siblings? Where are you from? Did you go to college? Real surface stuff. So I ask very personal questions and I give a lot of non-physical compliments and obviously people want to talk to me because I make them feel important when they're talking and I listen. Mm-hmm. And I said to G, they don't usually start asking me personal questions till the third or fourth time. Then you know you're in a group. Yeah. But I'm not trying to give any information about me unless it's asked because I'm not interested in talking about myself unless people want to know. And that's the mistake we make. We think, I'll ask you a question about you. You'll talk about you. And then I'm going to respond and say, oh, that's really interesting, Nikki. You have two boys. I have no children. And I have this, this, and this. And you're like, yeah, I didn't really ask you. Yeah. You know, you yeah. were talking about me. And, and so <laughs> totally, I'm just going to keep totally. it fo- focused on you. That's what I'm going to do. Yeah. And I feel like in order to do that, you just have to be confident enough to ask interesting questions and then yeah. listen. That's how I do it. So and then I, I wasn't like worrying about what I was saying or worrying if everybody in the room was accepting me or I just realized I'm easy company because she asks interesting questions. Mm -hmm. She converses, you know, in a really broad level and she's present. So that's what it is. Yeah, totally. What's your secret? Because you you definitely dominate the networking realm right from the beginning. That was your secret. I think we're very similar with that. Like having well, okay, I grew up with a dad who was very much like let me see your teeth. Is your hair washed? You know, I remember him just, he really kind of beat that into my head. And, and I remember thinking as I got older, like, what the hell dad? Like, why did you make me so paranoid about how I look and that sort of thing? But in the end, I think he was just trying to help me because it goes back to what exactly what you said with first impression. 
you know, he yeah. wanted me to make a good first impression and not only with friends and family or, you know, just everything I, I did in life. He wanted me to make a good first impression to him. He used to say, people say, don't judge a book by its cover, but they're judging you. They're judging yeah. a book by its cover. And yep. it, it's like that with our business. Think about online and think about of all the, let's say, photographers there are in Ann Arbor, Michigan, near where I'm at now. I'm going to stand out. How? <laughs> I mean, you yeah. have to be so on point when it comes to what you're doing online and in person, or they're going to move on to someone else. Like we only have a few mm -hmm. seconds for someone to decide if they want more information from us. I've got to say one thing too. When you walk into a room, you have to understand you, they are judging a book by, a cover, but by its cover, but what you don't also understand is 80% of the content in that book is projecting outwards. Mm, mm -hmm. people, are, people will look at you physically. Now, you're attractive, so most people are going to look at you and think she's a, she's a beautiful girl. Thank you. And then, then they might decide, is this beautiful girl looking at my husband in a way that she wants to eat him for breakfast? And then <laughs> all of a sudden you're a threat, right? Right. <laughs> because you're, they've decided that you're attractive, but now they've decided that you're attractive and you have an ulterior motive that therefore threatens potentially something in them, then they're not going to like you because you're pretty. And that's not the problem. The problem is the way you looked at your husband. Because if I acknowledge that you're beautiful when you walk in, when I start talking to you, I feel your authenticity. You talk about your husband and your boys. I'm like, wow, this gorgeous woman is like, got a great husband and she's got great kids and all of a sudden I'm not afraid of you anymore because the energy you're giving me is you're more focused on me than my husband so I'm like oh I like her we were friends straight away so yes you get that initial book cover but everybody's energy is incredible mm -hmm. when you go to a networking event if somebody comes in and they're subordinate like they think they don't deserve to be there. So they're just trying to make everybody feel important or they're just trying to make themselves feel important yeah. and their energy becomes stinky and needy. I don't want to be near that person. Like totally. I can feel them from across the room and everybody in the room can feel you. The yeah. same way when you post a blog or a, when you post something on Facebook or Instagram, if your intention is off, it doesn't matter what you post, the intention is what people answer from. Mm -hmm. I've mm -hmm. seen it a million times. Yep. I can be like just blown away by it because people will say, but that's not what I wrote. And I go, but that was what you felt when you read it. And your intention speaks louder. Your energy speaks louder. And people always say to me, you always say your energy, your energy. What is that? Well, come on, think about it. The next time somebody walks into the room, or you're in a room with people, watch them. If you're in a cafe, a restaurant, watch them. Watch the body language of how people sit when they talk to mm -hmm. each other. Two people, two people leaning on a table towards each other are 100% engaged. One person leaning in and one upright, not engaged. One leaning yep. in, one leaning back, he's out of the conversation, she's out of the conversation. I love when you're attracted to someone, you mirror their body language. So if you want to know if somebody's attracted to you, you could just, you know, lean forward on the table and do that. And within a minute, the person at the table will do that to you. They yeah. will mirror your body language. And like your energy is huge. So that it's tells so me, right? That tells me you've got to get your inside right so that you can project out right. And, and it's, oh, 
I literally, I'll spend my life teaching self-value because it just changes the way you shoot, the way you sell, the way you market, the way you mm-hmm. present, the way you put yourself out there. Mm-hmm. Also, a big part of self-value is asking for more because people don't come into self-value with lots of stuff. Right. You don't look, you don't look for self-value talks if you've got a million-dollar home and you're killing it in your business because you already had to get to a value point in order to get that. You don't get to abundance without self-value. Anybody who tells you differently didn't do it. It's not true. You, mm-hmm. you have to get to abundance through self-value because in order to ask for more and step up, you have to receive more. And in order to receive, you have to believe you're worth that. It's, so, it's, you know, it's this chicken egg all the mm-hmm. time, more value, more value, more self-value, more value, more value, more self-value. It's incredible. I'm a living, breathing example of it. You know it. You've watched me go through it. And all the people I've mentored through SBE, I've watched them go through it. It sounds so cliche and every time I say it, but it is life-changing. It truly is. But the, I, the one thing that I don't get is, aren't I the living, breathing proof of it? Like everybody says like, you know, so I did it and it works. And I'm like, because yeah, it worked for me. <laughs> I was like, yeah, you what taught part of that? through like, your experience. Yeah. Like that's how yeah. I did it. Like I was like, oh, clearly I don't value myself. Yeah. Someone said to me one day, you don't value yourself. I said, yeah, I do. And they're like, no, you don't. Cause you would receive money if you did. And I remember thinking, what? Oh, and then shit. They said, you, don't, <laughs> you don't value photography. And I was like. Yes, I do. Like, why? And I was like, uh, uh, and then they said, you don't value money. Mm. And I said, yes, I do. It's all I think about. And they go, no, you don't, because if you did, you'd keep it. And then it was that was my eye-opener, and that mm. was about 31. And I started to do that value work then. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. to me, it's, it's a huge part. Yeah, it is. It is. It, well, okay, so, and so much of what we do is online too. So- I yes. guess, okay, so you said something in the marketing review about the social triangle type thing. How mm-hmm. can people kind of find their engagement style of that social triangle in order to kind of be the face of the brand or to show that confidence? I was actually really, it was, I've been thinking about this because I'm doing the marketing match and I actually wrote this into the marketing match. Mm-hmm. I kind of identify different styles. I'll tell you what I identify them as. And these are just my observations. If there's anybody out there that believes there's another style they'd like to add, make sure you hit me up because I'm super interested. Yeah. Um, the creator. For me, the creator is someone that puts themselves in their brand Um They make content, like I'm a photographer, so I make beautiful photography content, but then I will show images of me making that content because I'm also a creator of that content, so lots of behind the scenes. And then I make products. I make folio boxes. I make big wall prints. So to me, I'm I'm what's called a creator of content. Mm -hmm. And also, because I'm just a little bit extra with my content creation, I call myself a content creator more than I call myself an influencer or an industry yeah, leader. Totally. And although I'm an although I'm an educator, um, my Instagram is not education. Like if if I was to move Subrise Photographer Instagram account, I have about 190,000 followers. If I was to turn that into SBE just education, it would just become salesy and then people wouldn't come to SBE. So I mm-hmm. keep it as the creator. Then there's the star. Right? I think there's the star, which is your influencer. 
your industry leader, yeah. 90% of the photographs on their feed is them because they're more interesting than their work. Mm-hmm. I was never going to be an influencer. I started yeah. my profile, so my you. public profile at 40. And I didn't even want a photograph of myself. Like I was like, nope, I'll just be hide behind all my beautiful portraits. So yeah, the star to me is the influencer. It's 90% themselves. It's definitely the star profile. Stars don't usually create a lot of their content. Stars are the content. And if Mm -hmm. you're a natural star, then you should start just featuring in your brand. Like look at Felicia Reed in Mm -hmm. our group. Um, Felicia's gorgeous. She's got a great brand. She really loves talking on Instagram. And in this last year and a half, she's just been like in videos every day, interviewing, doing, doing like just marketing talks and calling for campaigns. And she's such a star. Like she belongs there. It's it's half her, half her work and it's working. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, you go girl. That's you, Nikki. That was never going to be me. You are half your brand. Your podcast is half your brand. You're gorgeous. You have a great communication. Everyone loves, everyone knows that you're a mom and that you put that out there. So you have a, a mom following. That's you. You definitely star. And then I think there's a crafter maker that I love. The crafter maker is like the creator, but they're really just watching you build stuff. Like they're just constantly watching you create beautiful things, but it's not about you. It's about your hands. And it's about what you make. And if you don't want it to be about you, make it about what you make because there's got to be a valuable message in there somewhere. Uh, There's also the instructor, the sort of industry leader, educator. That's definitely who I am now. Um, But like I said, that's not my style on Instagram, although it is my style on Facebook. So when I speak to the group on Facebook, when I speak to members on Facebook, I am straight out, Sue Bryce, professional photographer, educator. Yeah. You know, so 100%. Um, there's the solopreneur creative that is popping up. It's the, it's the, or we've got quite a few of them in our group. They love to do headshots and personal branding and, cre- and creative portraiture. Mm-hmm. But they've also got that sassy like business um, profile on Instagram. And you definitely have done that. You know, you're always networking. You're always sort of photographing personal branding and put it out there. This amazing woman owns this magazine. This amazing woman owns, is a dentist. This amazing woman does this. This yeah. amazing guy is a lawyer. And it kind of is, it's tying in the world of building a business and creating content for people while you're building your business. Mm-hmm. And I see it a lot. It really works. Like it's this constant networking with other businesses and hey this is all about empowering you know business owners with beautiful portraits so a lot of people are walking down that sort of business which I like um but my favorite has got to be the artist Mm. I follow this I follow this woman and oh my gosh I'm going to actually have to give you her email address okay it's sorry it's a email address Instagram account it's at I'm going to say Anna Mark dot Mark. So I started following her about maybe six years ago. And back then her account name was different. It was Anna Mar, A-N-A dot M-A-R. So I look at this woman's work and I'm just like, <gasps> like the whole feed just instantly just makes my body just go like this. Like it's beautiful. It's curated. It's gorgeous. And I'm like, oh, oh. So I click on one no comment. What? She doesn't comment. She just posts her work. And I'm like, okay, so where's her website? I go to the top. There's no website. What? 
So I go take that little name and I put it into Google and I get nothing. And I'm like, okay. So I follow her for all these years. Her work just gets better and better and bigger and more beautiful. But she's she's invisible. But she's invisible in the artist way. Right. Like, I want more. Uh-huh, I need to know who uh-huh. she is. I need to know where she lives. I need to know where she shoots. I need to know what she shoots with. And the fact that she does not share it, she just shares as an artist, is just crazy to me. And yet that's what makes it so incredible. So it doesn't yeah. matter what you think you are. Choose a style and kind of curate it, not for the person you are now, but the person you want to be in four years' time. Yeah. Like if you want to be that exclusive artist that that it looks like your art director posts for you, start doing that now. Yeah. Because well, you grow into it, right? It's, you gave so many different styles because I'll hear people say, and I know you hear this all the time too in the group, is, but I'm an introvert. I can't market. I can't network. I can't. I'm an introvert. Like it freaks Some them are. out to the point where they're paralyzed and they make no steps forward because of it. But I feel like there are um, so many ways to like do it regardless. In marketing and sales, in marketing and sales, there are two quotes that are just really um, incorrectly used. The first one is, I'm an introvert. The definition of an introvert is I do not draw power or energy from being with people. Mm. They take my power and energy. Mm -hmm. So in order to replenish, I have to spend the same amount of time alone that I did with that group of people. Like if I was with you for three hours and I'm depleted, three hours alone and I'm fully replenished. Yeah. Now, my husband would take three hours with people and then the next three hours, he'd wish he was still with those people because <laughs> right. his his energy is to be with people, to be energized by people. His love language is to spend time with them. He has such a strong, like, extrovert enjoyment of, I just want to party. I want to be with people. Hey, hey. And I'm just like, eh, eh, eh. Yeah. So, no. Can yeah. an introvert be a forward-facing? Yeah. Can an intro- introvert have a subscription site with Students, yes, can and can they stand up on stage? Yes, it can. It just don't I don't draw power from it. That also means, Nikki, that when I get off stage after doing a really great talk, maybe I've, you know, I've done a 90-minute keynote and people are like, eh, just so excited and they're moved by it. I'm not energized when I get off. Right. Like, you right. didn't empower me doing that. I see speakers come off the stage just like they're just pumping like, boom, boom, I nailed it. Ah! Yeah. And they've got all this energy. I'm like this. I'm like, I spent yeah. it. I gave it. I gave you everything. I've got nothing left. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't believe that. I always thought I was <laughs> I an extrovert. And I'm totally not. I am a full-blown yeah. introvert based on the definition you've given. When After a shoot, after I spend yeah. three hours with my client, I like they leave. The music goes off. I want silence. I want no one near me. Yep. I am 20 minutes, 20 minutes. Yep. Don't look at me. Yeah. Do not ask me a question. Yes. Like I need my if alone there is time. any demand, <laughs> yes. any demand in that moment will be met <laughs> with complete defiance and probably aggression. Like I cannot, I have nothing to give you. Like, and, and my staff know I'm like that stereo goes off. I go into a quiet place. I put my noise canceling earphones on. I sit yeah. down for 20 minutes anybody asks me for anything, they die. They die. It's just that it. You will die. It's like, I know this about about you. Yeah, it really is. My brain, yeah. Yeah. Has to come back. It's almost like then kind of figuring out 
what your style is and, and the type of networker, marketer, whatever you are based on all of these different styles, I guess, yeah. and then finding your voice through that. Yeah. Well, so finding your voice is the weird thing because, okay, we always talk about our highest values. We talk about purpose. We talk about an authentic voice. Right. But, you know, really, that's all we're talking about is when you say what you do, with confidence, you're saying it just because you know it so well and you love doing it. So that's repetition and practice, right? Mm -hmm, then in mm -hmm. there, there's usually a strong message and there's a bit of clarity about what you do and what you offer. But your purpose is those natural strengths and you don't, you know what your natural strengths are. Yeah. Think about it. What do you like talking about? What do you like doing? Yeah. What are you really good at? You know, like to me, I'm really good at holding a space for people and making them feel special and important. Mm -hmm. I really am. Mm -hmm. I know how to do that because mm -hmm. I, genuinely am interested in people. Yeah. So when I'm, uh, they sit in front of me for that session, like I want to know about them. Like I'm like, I, I always do like, tell me about yourself. And I, I ask questions, but I stay here. Like I'm just listening and I'm encouraging what they're telling me. And it's always personal dialogue because they're about to be photographed and it's vulnerable. And, you know, they're on sort of on the stage. They're being looked at by everyone. So they speak more personally. Those moments for me, that that intimacy is like what people pay for. Yeah. And I didn't know. I didn't know that. That took me years to understand that it was actually that intimacy that they paid for. So what is yours? Like what are you so good at? Like you already found it. You're an incredible interviewer and you're a podcaster. I don't do those things. I, they're not my superpower. They're just not what I do really well. Yeah. Well, you, you just said something really important. It's like when you are trying to build a connection with someone or make them feel important, to listen to them and, and follow through on it and stay there is so important. There's nothing worse than someone like pretending to be interested, interested or asking you a question. And then like exactly what you said, they're waiting to think what they're going to say next about them. And then instantly it's like, I completely turned off. It's staying yeah. in that energy is... So, so that's called listening to respond. Yes. So people will listen, but they're not listening because they're already thinking of what their response is. And mm -hmm. you can see it on their face mm -hmm. because they're already and like, totally. I've got something. And people will even load up their next comment. And while you're answering their question, they'll be yeah. like, they're ready yes. to go because yes. they're not listening to you. They're ready to respond. And I was like, you have to really, really, really get to a place where you can hold a space for people and just completely let them come in and just be like, welcome, let's build this, let's go, let's have fun. I think it's absolutely incredible. Okay, I challenge everybody out there after the challenge to be photographed to just sit down and write out some of your biggest character defects mm. and mm -hmm. some of your biggest character, what you think are, are definitely, you know, winning things about you. Because, like, for instance, I have always been bossy. And I'm going to own that in the negative. In the negative, it's it's not a nice thing to say. In the positive, when I started to see that it wasn't bossy, I have a natural authority. Mm -hmm. When I was four years old, my mother took me to kindergarten. She came and picked me up. And she walked in and she said to the teacher, how did she go? And she goes, well, we haven't seen her all day. Uh, she's been running the dollhouse. <laughs> and my mom was like, what do you mean? And she goes, well, she had 18 children lined up at the dollhouse for a good three hours, and she told 
them who could come in and who couldn't. <laughs> and I, I was like, yeah, I pretty much ran the dollhouse. And I was like, oh, yeah, I have a natural authority, right? So I grow up and people call me bossy. And, you know, when men call you bossy and or in business when they call you bossy, that was really tough. I'm mm. just naturally, I have a natural authority. So when I owned a business, that natural authority serves me incredibly well in networking, serves me incredibly well as a boss. Yeah, totally. It serves incredibly well when I take control of a shoot, when there's multiple people there, because I can literally walk into a shoot and be like, okay, let's go. And I can take control of a room because I have that authority. So mm-hmm. something I framed as a bad story about myself, it's a really big part of me. Um you're going to start looking at your bad things mm-hmm. and then you're going to start thinking, well, it's bad because somebody told me it was bad. But the truth is, is I'm actually can reframe that as being yeah. something really positive in my business. I have a really deep relationship with my mother and a deep relationship with women. I love mm-hmm. women. I love Same. girls. Mm-hmm. I love little girls. I love baby girls. I love old women. I love women. I love talking to them. I love bonding with them. And the strongest relationships in my life are with women. Mm. So, you can imagine that being in a studio with a whole lot of women, like mothers and daughters, because my mother is such a big, important thing to me, being in that energy, it's like I'm in heaven. Like I'm literally going to roll around in there with girls stay out. I've got six girls. They're drinking champagne and having a ball. I want to go out with them afterwards. Like this is my kind of world. So it's pretty easy for me to find confidence in my strength there. So what is your strength? And also, mm-hmm. what is your perceived weakness? Flip the perceived weakness into a strength right now. Change that story. Yes. But more importantly, like, tell me what these things are that you think are bad about you. I'm intuitive and I'm empathic, okay? In the negative, uh, I have little boundaries with people, okay? Because yeah. I can be very personal very quickly with people because I feel mm-hmm. so much that goes on with people and I forget how jolting that is. Yeah. But yeah. in a photo shoot, in a photo shoot, it's my greatest skill. So like everybody has these things that we think are bad, that we think are good. Just find them. Whatever you think your weakness is, look at it again Mm -hmm. and just sort of tell me what it is that, how can it contribute to your confidence and how can it contribute to building that business that you really love? Yeah. I was. What did you think your greatest weakness was? I was always told, well, the two that really jump out to me is impulsive. I was always told I was impulsive. But what the way that I look at it, if I'm going to reframe it, is I'm I'm a risk taker. If and I don't, I, not, I don't necessarily see myself as impulsive because I'm thinking about things way before I actually yeah. act on it. But like leaving a, mm-hmm. a solid, you know, a stable career as a social worker, moving, you know, breaking up with my boyfriend and leaving a great job and moving across the country. All of these things, I think my family and friends saw as impulsive. I would never be where I'm at today with my business if I was not a risk taker, if I had analysis paralysis, like some people out there cannot make a move because Mm -hmm. they are so paralyzed by doing anything. So I look at my impulsivity as like, one of my great impulsivity as one of my great of strengths because otherwise I would never take chances. I would never take these risks. Yeah, that's so true. And I wouldn't say you're impulsive or a risk taker. I think you're really brave. Hmm. Thank you. I've worked with you long enough to know that I don't think you're impulsive because you're pretty stubborn Taurus. 
Yeah, it's true. <laughs> I was ex- I was saying that to the other day to a Taurus who knows that you're a Taurus, and I said, you know, I'm always work with Tauruses because they're so much more grounded than me. So you know, I wouldn't say ever that I'm very impulsive by nature, but I wouldn't say you're impulsive. But you're definitely you're definitely brave when you want something. You have a bias for action that yes. is around bravery because you're always like, well, I'm going to do that. But to me, you were always so sensible. I never ever looked at you and thought that you were a wild card or a risk taker in any way. And yet here you are, which is kind of pretty damn amazing. Look, I don't know. I was looking through photographs of my career in the last 10 years last night because I have to build this Dropbox folder of my journey through this business because it's it's like a timeline that I have to keep monitoring. And I don't often look back at those photographs, but when I do, I was looking at myself standing up there and I was like do you ever sit here and wonder how did this happen and then I was like not really because we were there every day doing it and it just seems so weird that you're on the other side yeah I hear myself teach things now that I heard educators teach me when I was 10 years ago or 20 years ago and I think to myself oh yeah it's so easy to say when you're on the other side yeah yeah and I remembered thinking when when I had heard it for the first time but they're on the other side and now I'm on the other side and the weird thing about it is I'll tell people how I got to the other side and how I got through and they'll go like yeah but you're on the other side but you Uh, had to get there somehow all right but we all did right yeah when did you do that you don't know yeah I honestly don't know I remember not being on the other side. You know? I'm reading a good book right now and I'm going to share it. Um, for anybody that's interested, I try to share my books because I read a lot and I know that people are always like, what are you reading? And I should do a book club, yeah. um, but I don't have time. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I should do a lot of things. Shoulda, woulda, prada. Um, I'm reading The Power of Meaning and it's her name. Let me just get that because I'm going to butcher it. Is Emily name I can't quite say so she did a TED talk and I watched the TED talk first and her TED talk was about um, meaning and I just read Viktor Frankl's book and I'd never read Viktor Frankl's book which he wrote in a Nazi war camp because he survived Mm. but his wife child entire family in-laws were all killed and he found meaning in his life and I have his quote um, in my studio and it says in the absence of deep meaning, man seeks pleasure. You know, we seek pleasure when we don't have deep meaning. And so what is meaning? And what is the meaning of life is the philosophical question or is the question of all philosophy. And Mm. she studies, right, Sufism, she studies monks, she studies priests, she studies all of the um, Greek philosophers and what they understood to be what is the meaning of life. She pretty much breaks down philosophy and meaning But she comes down to these four amazing pillars for what is deep meaning. And she said it's belonging. Mm. Now, we all know tribe is a really big thing. You know, we have a fear of rejection because some cellular level, we believe if if we're rejected from the tribe, that we will die because we're tribes and we need to belong. But she said you get your sense of worth when you belong First, you belong to someone. Absolutely believe that. Like you belong Mm -hmm. to a family. And it says children who cook with their family and clean the house with their family as teenagers have uh, lives of deeper meaning because they belong to a family unit that cares 
and they belong. And so many people don't have that, right? A belonging. Mm -hmm. Now, even when you're poor, you'll find your belonging in your tribe. And even when you're rejected, you'll find belonging in a gang because it's belonging. And you could be an outcast, but you belong to a group of outcasts. Mm -hmm. So you belong. And belonging is essential for all human beings. So so in a spiritual sense, that's great. But in a marketing business sense, that's acceptance. Just acceptance. I accept who I am. I accept what I am. And I belong, so I have evidence that yeah. I'm worthy. Yeah, totally. I have evidence. Nikki, God, Nikki is so my true. friend, and Nikki is a good person. So I have evidence that I'm also a good person because she's chosen me to be her friend. Like that's how we belong. So belonging is everything. Why do you think SBE is so powerful? We have the best community. Mm. Like we hit that community twenty four seven on that Facebook group. And if somebody throws their toys out of the cot, we all address it. If somebody comes in crying and says, I'm not going to be a photographer anymore, we hold them up. Mm-hmm. When somebody comes in with attitude, we stand up and we say, we don't, you know, you can sit with us. We don't talk like this to our members. Like we are right. a power community. And if you belong, then you're going to build because you have all those people around you building simultaneously. So belonging is everything. The second one is purpose, and purpose is simply, do you know what your strengths are, and are you using those strengths to serve others, not to get attention, not to get paid, using those strengths Mm. to be important Mm -hmm. to your community, to people, what are you doing for people? A purpose is greater than you. A purpose is greater than what people think of you, And, and a purpose is not something I have to find my purpose. I just have to find a way to get paid for my purpose because I already knew what my purpose was. I just had to find a way to make those strengths really incredible. The third one is transcendence. Hmm. When do you transcend? Um, Maybe your transcendence is I feel the most in my flow and the most valuable when I'm with my children. So your purpose can be I build this business so my children can have um, a mum who is successful someone that can teach them how to receive money, show them I'm valuable. That's my purpose. So you're working in photography, but your purpose is driven by your babies. Or let's say your purpose is driven like my purpose was to be more because I grew up poor and then I was uneducated. And then I realized this was not my life path. This was just my beginnings. I also was loved and had a great family. So I was like, I can become what I want to be. My Mm -hmm. purpose was always to be more so I could teach other people how to be more. That is all I wanted to be in my life. I wanted to learn more, be more. I wanted to learn how to be someone that could attract money. And I was like, why why do I have to be poor? What if I break this cycle? Yeah. So to me, that was transformation was my purpose. And it still is. It's my purpose in photography. It's my purpose in business. It's my purpose as a teacher. Um, The third one is transcendence. And to me, transcendence and purpose are kind of the same thing. A lot of people will find transcendence in faith. A lot of people will find transcendence in um, growing and uh, really serving their family or being more for their children or for themselves. But when is that moment where you are doing that thing and you're loving it and you and time doesn't matter, you would pay to do it? Yeah. If you can get to transcendence in anything, you have deep meaning, right? So belonging, we've got belonging, we've got a purpose, we've got transcendence. And then her last pillar is storytelling. Hmm. It's the story you tell yourself. Yeah. And we just talked about that when I said, you walk into a room and tell yourself you're not important. You've already come into that room with that energy. 
But if you reframe that story and say, I grew up with a feeling of not being important, and then I had to find that myself, you've reframed your story. Yes. It's not the story everyone else tells you. It's a story you tell yourself. And the story you tell yourself needs to change. And that yeah. only changes with self-value. Now, that's her four pillars to deep meaning. And every philosopher ultimately answers their own question. What is the meaning of life? The answer is in the question. It's to find meaning. Mm. It's to find meaning. And so if you find deep meaning in building a business or becoming successful or becoming a professional photographer or becoming an incredible business owner or whatever you whatever drives you to find that you have to follow it you have to follow you have when something lights you up and you get goosebumps you have to follow it mm-hmm. because it's that's transcendence it's telling you this is the thing that lights you up yeah. follow it follow it and keep following it don't stop yeah. Yeah. some people will call that joy but i think that sounds a little bit too hallmarky because the truth is is i'm always just seeking the thing that lights me up so I can just keep getting enthused about it. So to me, deep meaning with what you do and how you do it, self-value with how you treat yourself and therefore how you work and give and how you put yourself out there in the community, you're about to become a whole lot more than you bargained for yeah. when you built this business. And I bet you you came to SBE thinking you just wanted to learn how to sell portraits and take better portraits. And then you <laughs> learned that I could be more, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And that's pretty much my whole world. Well, when when you said, you know, we were just talking about being on the other side, it's funny because now you're at the beginning, I'm at the beginning of a new, something new and exciting. It might not be a totally different than, you know, what we were on the opposite side of before, but it's always, there's something new. You know, once you feel like you've mastered something or you've reached where you wanted to go with it, it's like, okay, what's next? And it's just always finding something new and exciting. And I got to tell you something really weird about being on the other side, about being new and excited. Yes, you're seeing possibility. You're seeing I think they got to a stage in my business where I just suddenly looked and thought, it's no struggle anymore. Right. This is not a struggle. And then I thought, wait, this is not a struggle? And then I thought, wait, what do I do now that I'm not struggling? And I was like, (laughs) you just make money. And I was like, and save it and live the life you want. And then I was like, okay, I didn't know how to not struggle. So that took a while. Yeah, yeah. Here's the thing. It's the fact that people would shame me for making money. That blows my mind. Mm, <laughs> I was like, mm-hmm. that was the first moment where somebody was like, uh, now that you're rich. And I was like, wait, who told you I was rich? And then uh, somebody reached out to me a few months back and said something about, have you ever Googled your name? And I said, like, of course not. You don't Google your own name. Like, that's, like that is a path. That is a road straight to hell. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Like, like what are you going to find? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And they were like, because I just Googled you and it says Sue Bryce Net Worth. And I was like, wait, I, have, mm. I don't have a Wikipedia page or anything like that or, you know, anything like that. And they were like, yeah. And I was like, so I looked it up and, you know, it details my net worth and 20 million plus. And I was <laughs> looking at this. I said to my, I said to George, my husband, I was like, well, did you know I'm worth $20 million? <laughs> and this is on the internet and people will believe this, that I'm worth $20 million. And I was just like, okay, well, I should own that because it's out there and it's like, I don't know who wrote it. There is, I did not have Isn't anything to funny? do with that. 
And I was like, people will make up this story about you anyway. And so if they've already decided that I'm successful and rich, they decided that. I can't change it. Like, So when I couldn't pay my rent and I would be sick to the stomach getting my bills out of the letterbox, um, I was noble. And now that I'm rich and successful, obviously, a multimillionaire. <laughs> 20 million to be exact. And, I, and I, like, I realized that you don't know. People don't know me and they don't know who I am. They don't live in my house. They yeah. don't know my bank yeah. account. They don't know what I earn. They don't know what I go through. They just see my public-facing brand. And now my public-facing brand has gone from someone that was terrified to post a selfie to literally put their whole life out there online here I am, just like winding it, and and again, you're only seeing what what you think of me is really what you think about yourself, mm-hmm. and the fact that you get shamed for making money after growing up poor, literally having nothing, and then having to build it yourself with no education and no income, and that I would have people criticize me, but I also have a lot of people support me and help me, yeah. and and then want to learn to do it themselves. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting when you when you were just talking about how you feel like there needs to be the struggle there. Like I remember we would talk about like, oh yeah, once once we get through this part, then we'll have some time to like chill. And then by the time the chill time comes, we've already completely booked up or figured out something no else that was gonna stress us the hell out. It's like Zero chill. What yeah, like do you find that you're shifting your mentality around that? Like, I know we've talked about how I used to equate working hard with making money. And, and, and I'm going to give you the best quote right now. Uh, Just keep talking. I'm going to find it. I am like, you sent me this Instagram post. I'm assuming that's what you're looking for. That <laughs> it is, changed it? everything. I was like, oh, yeah, I don't I don't have to work hard in order to be successful. Like, I, I remember <laughs> saying to you, I worked so hard to get where I'm at. I've worked so hard, worked so hard, worked so hard. And then I saw that and I'm like, well, I don't want to work this hard. I don't want to be this busy. I don't want to be this stressed, even though I love my life and I have so many amazing things in my life. Like I love my life and I don't want to work as hard. I don't want to be as busy and I'm going to own that. (laughs) And like, I'm not going to have a badge of honor anymore for being just the hardest worker. I don't want to be the hardest worker anymore. I thought that that was the most noble thing about me. I work like an immigrant because I am one. Mm. And, you know, the last round of when the when the vote voting was last year, this thing came out and it said, vote like your wife's an immigrant. I had to show my husband because I was like, she is an immigrant. Your wife's an immigrant. I have a green card. Like, vote like I'm an immigrant. And he was laughing. And, and I work like an immigrant because I literally came from that. So... I thought that's the most noble thing about me. Yeah. You see, when I when I met Lara Jade, uh, we did this big workshop. We shot all day. Well, there were only there was only one other person editing at the table with me at two a.m. and it was Lara, Lara yeah, and yeah. all all the other people, the instructors, all the other people that were like trying to make it didn't. And we did, and I remembered looking at her and say, "You work as hard as me," and she was like, "Cause I had to," and then you did. You work hard because you had to. And uh, yeah, you don't have to. It's very noble, yes, um, but it's not actually the way to success. And mm. this this is such a beautiful Abraham quote. I'm going to read it out because I sent it to all of you. Yeah. I sent it to you, Jason, Caitlin, Alice, like my whole team. 
And then a lot of them sort of wrote back and said, break it down for me because I need to understand. If you believe that you must work hard in order to deserve the money that comes to you, then money cannot come to you unless you do work hard. (laughs) Financial success or any other kind of success does not require hard work. It does require alignment of thought. You simply cannot offer negative thought about things that you desire and then make up for it with action or hard work. When you learn to direct your own thoughts, you will discover the true leverage of energy alignment. Thank you very much, Abraham Hicks. Mm-hmm. I love it, and I think it's so oh, beautiful. So powerful. Here, and this is this is something that just happened. Um, literally, uh, I talk a lot about mental alignment, and uh, my husband and I have been trying to buy a home, our first home, and we started to look at homes and it didn't take long to realize that we were on the wrong page. Like what he wanted and what I wanted were very, very different things. And we thought we talked about it, but when we started to look at houses, I'd be like, this is it. And he'd be like, yeah, yeah. And, then, and then he'd be like, you got to see this house. And I'd be like, I'm not living there. And, uh, and then we inevitably had a big argument about it. And I was like, no wonder we can't even agree find a house. We can't agree on what it is that we want Mm -hmm. and we're not in mental alignment with each other. And two people can't attract two different visions. You know, we Mm -hmm. have to get on Mm -hmm. what our alignment Mm -hmm. is. And, and then I was like, he was like, okay, well, I said, I really like this house and you didn't. And he goes, well, then I looked at eight more houses and I realized I also really liked that house. And I was like, well, too bad. It's gone. <laughs> it's sold. Like we lost it, you know, and we're having this fight and I'm blaming him. We get in mental alignment with what we both want. And then we were like, okay, yeah, it's mental alignment. I know what you want. You know what I want. Both of us were prepared to sacrifice something from what mm-hmm. we wanted to meet in the middle. We wake up in the morning. And he walks into the bedroom, literally at 7 a.m., holding his laptop. And he says, you know the house that we liked? And I said, yeah. And he goes, it just came back on the market. So awesome. And I said, that, mm-hmm. darling, is mental alignment, right? That is mental alignment. Oh, yeah. Because, because I had to explain something. I was like, when we looked at that house, remember, I thought he was on board. Mm-hmm. And he literally walked out. He literally walked into the house and thought, I don't like it. And I thought he liked it. Mm. So I literally said a prayer outside that house, put my hands in the dirt, and I like energetically said, bring this house to me. And we didn't put an offer in because it went and we didn't like it. And then it came back. And it's just like mental alignment will just keep bringing you back. Yeah, totally. Once you're in mental alignment, resistance, no alignment. And that's it. That's exactly right. So you don't have to work hard. You have to work with more value. You have to see who you are, be who you are, experience who you are, and really put it up and out there and really start growing inside out. Yeah. Let's. We should do an, an episode all about that. Just all about the, the whole concept around that and the whole concept of, of perception and 
versus reality and alignment and attraction and all of that. We should do that for our next one. All day. Yeah. Matt Stagliano that you just interviewed, Matt, he said to me in the group uh, last month, he was like, would you please do like a conversation on manifestation? And I was like, I think the word manifestation in itself has too much. It's too loaded. Yeah. It's like loaded fries at that point. You just you know it's going to be bad. Like anything coming in, anything coming in yeah. around loaded fries yeah. is going to going to have a bad ending. So to me, it's like uh, I call it manifest action because it's goal setting. You just got yeah, to create yeah, a yeah. goal and a vision. Mm-hmm. But that is sustained focus, and that's what people want to know about. Like, what is the magic? It's sustained focus. Mm-hmm. Like Jerson always says to me, um, talk to me about being in alignment or holding focus for a long time because it's about. That's how you form what you want. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'll talk about that all day. And when Matt said that, I said, you know, Matt, if we're going to have that conversation, it has to be woo-woo. Yeah. Like it has to yeah. It has to be uncomfortable for a lot of people because this is a very uncomfortable subject. And also the kind of the kind of talk that people are like, I'm so into this. Um, look, you might think I'm very spiritual, I'm very airy-fairy, and I'm very woo-woo. But. When it comes to taking action, I'm very also logical and I take totally. physical action and I understand the difference between the two. Mm-hmm. I don't lie on the couch trying to manifest a Ferrari right. with my hands down my <laughs> right. pants. Yeah. Right. Like if I want a Ferrari, I wouldn't lie on the couch with my hands down my pants thinking about a Ferrari. That's not how you get it. Totally. I would make it a goal and then I would work out every way in which I could create that. Yeah, and let's, then it would let's come talk to me about because, that next because yeah. you have such oh. – an amazing perspective and just the way you teach about it. And I know a lot of this is already on SBE, but it's always fun to just, you know, rehash it and just talk about what you've learned and, you know, just new stuff. And no, yeah, get this. This is how, this is when I started to really do it. I was halfway into my business. It must have been about 2005 and I'd finished doing karate and I wanted to find this Kung Fu master. So in my last year of karate, I went to all styles tournament and I fought in the Black Belt Women's All Styles fight and kata, and I won this Bruce Lee trophy and gold medal. But there was a wushu demonstration of kung fu artists because um, it was all the styles of martial arts. And this kung fu master was just mind-blowing. And afterwards, I was like, I'm going to leave karate and go and start wushu training. And I walked up to him, and a woman came up to me and sort of stood between us and basically told me to go away. I found out later on that was his wife and they'd separated. But so a couple of years later, I was like, I really want to find that wushu master. I searched for him online, couldn't find anything, rung a friend that did kung fu, a friend's brother did kung fu. I rung my friend and said, could you ask your brother if there's any like kung fu or wushu like dojos in North Auckland? And I was just ringing around because in the kung fu world is small. And I got no, no, no. And then she rang me back and she said, oh, try this one out in East Auckland. Try this place. So I just drive there to the dojo. Um, I get out and everybody's inside and they're all competing in wushu. And I just walked in and I come from a karate background. So I bowed when I walked in and um, then sat down on the floor. And he was there teaching the class and it was the guy. Wow. And the best part was is he just looked at me when I walked in and he kind of stared at me for a while. And it had been two years since I saw him. And I was like, yep, I was brought to the right place because I literally walked into the, this guy's, this his exact dojo. And he walked up to me and he said, I remember you. Wow. He said, I, I judged your gold medal kata. 
And I was like, what? I didn't even realize he was the judge. And then he ended up doing that. And then he became my wushu master. And I was like, I literally asked for him to come to me. Mm. And it took two days. And I was like, you can, like, I have so much alignment around what I want and how it comes to me. I love talking about it because it sounds really magical. But, you know, a lot of people are probably like, whatever. No, I think a lot more people are really sort of opening up to the idea of it all. Because I think they see other people around them achieving so much and wondering, like, how are they doing it? And like you said, it's a marriage between the two, between woo-woo and action. (laughs) And action. Mm -hmm. Manifest action. See yourself as more in order to be more, in order to receive more. Mm -hmm. See yourself as more. That's all you have to do. See yourself as more to be more. Yeah, so putting yourself out there is... Uh, I, I believe it's kind of universal in our group. People say putting myself out there when they're putting their price list out there, yeah. like it's somehow putting my value out there. Mm-hmm. People say in networking, I have to put myself out there as a professional, so that challenges that part. Mm-hmm. Then people say I have to put myself out there on social media, which usually means physically take a photo and put myself out there. Yeah. And then people say I want to physically put myself out there say in the industry and be a strong voice and be somebody who can speak and somebody that um, is, you know, powerful and and that's putting yourself out there. So we're all putting ourselves out there in multiple levels. And as two women that have put themselves out there, we're out there right now. Mm. Our conversation yeah. is being listened to by thousands of people that will have an opinion about us, yes. good and bad. Yeah. And there's nothing we can do about it. But does it make you want to stop doing it? No. No. Because then you're on the right track. And yeah. that's exactly right. It doesn't matter how people respond. Well, if you have a whole lot of people responding badly, you need to look at it. But if right. there's just one or two, you just take the feedback yeah. and take the criticism and then you just like learn from it and move on. Yeah, that's exactly right. Cool. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you for today. Oh, and we'll What do you think? Well, I'm going to ask you one question. Sure. What do you think now that you, when you get to the place where it's like, I did this, there's also this weird like thing in the back in the room. It's like a big room and you think it's back there somewhere and you're like, hmm, something back there is like you can create anything you want. Yeah. But you don't. If a bird could live anywhere, why doesn't it? Because it like, doesn't want to. <laughs> I don't know. Because it belongs somewhere, right? Yeah. Yeah. So if you could create anything and you prove that you could, what's stopping you now? Like that glass ceiling weirds me out more than anything in the world because I keep thinking, well, okay, I tell, I, I made it to here and then I told everybody how I did that. And now a whole lot of people came, jumped on up. And then I was like, well, I'm going to go up one more step and I'm going to build something bigger and mm-hmm. I'm going to build Subaru's education. And then, you know, and then all of a sudden that eclipsed my studio in terms of what I built in size. And then now what? Like, do I keep building? Like, or do I just like go, that was a wild ride? Like, if you could create anything and you can, like, what's stopping you, Nikki? Yeah. I, I'm kind of there now. I was like, oh, yeah. You, all the people listening might be just at that breakthrough point going, one day, one day, and I was like, you don't know how close you are to it. Right. Well, when you when you really focus on it in your alignment, when you truly focus, you don't realize how how quick this can happen. Yeah. Like you can just start yes, running. That's exactly what I meant, what I was trying to verbalize when when I said, Okay, I'm on the other side of this, but you've got 
more and more and more that you're about oh, to build no finish and create. Line. Like it's, is it ever really finished? I feel like even if you're on the other side of one thing, you're at the beginning stages of another or in the middle of it. Oh, or- yeah. Or what about you just build a successful business and then COVID shut it down for 15 months? Right. <laughs> like there's, there's life events that will happen to you that literally will change your world and change your business and change your life and you don't see them coming. Yeah. And I, I don't believe all businesses are supposed to live for a lifetime. Yeah. If you created a business that had nothing to do with you, like let's say you designed a product and you sell that product and you don't have anything to do with that product, you're just the designer of that product and you never touch it again, you might never work in that business but get paid for the rest of your life. Right. But if you're in a business like you're a photographer, let's say you have success and then you maybe work five to ten years and then you decide, I'm done, I'm going to move into this. It's okay. It, there was no rule that said you had to be, a, I'm, you're still a photographer, you just are not a portrait photographer or, mm-hmm. you know, there's always different ways to use your skills. Totally. And, and evolve your business. So don't hold too much to this idea because the world's changing fast. Oh, yeah. That's for sure. That's for sure. Yeah. Technology is just for just always right there on us, especially as photographers. So true. So true. Okay, so we're committing to our next talk being a full woo-woo. Oh, yeah. I can't wait. It's okay, my favorite. I've got to tell you, I got some woo-woo stuff, man. I got some stories that, that you just can't, like, deny. They're just oh, yeah. insane. And I also love teaching people that because when they start doing it, they freak out. Mm, so good. I can't wait. Yay. Okay. Awesome. Done. Oh, be prepared, folks. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Awesome. Till next time. Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much, Thank Nikki. You. I just love listening to your interviews. I just love it Thank so you. much. I do love it. You know, I read Matt's quote actually when I got the email from TB, uh, from the Portrait System podcast and it said, this week's podcast is Matt Stangliano. And at the bottom was that beautiful quote. Mm. I just read it and I was like, I was so deeply moved by that quote. And I was like, more people find strength and belonging in SBE it's by so coming true. through that community it's so and true. by, yeah. And, you know, yeah. at first we were just so predominantly female, even though we were 40% male. And now the males have started to really yes. speak and, right, the yes. boys have just like really got their, got their self-value voices. Yep. And maybe the boys didn't want to talk about self-value. Like literally the boys will write, I never thought I had a, a problem with self-value until I watched self-value. And then I was like, okay, I need to yeah. work on some stuff. And I was like, I wish I could teach self-value from a more masculine perspective because I definitely teach self-value from a very emotional perspective because I am a very emotional bunny <laughs> and I'm very emotionally accept- accessible and I don't think the dudes are quite as emotionally accessible because they have compartments so they're way better at locking stuff away than us. Right, right. But it doesn't change the core fundamental like, dude, you want more income? You're going to have to be more valuable. You're going to have to give more value. You're going to have to charge more. You're going to have to believe you're worth it. You're going to have to have a nice, strong, authentic voice around what you do. And then you're going to have to receive and really empower yourself. And now the guys are all getting that. Yeah. They're really pushing. We've got guys in our group that are like, I broke through selling and self-value. It's so great. (laughs) So many. What more would you want in this world than to be more for yourself? Yeah. Like what is what else is there? You will be more for your friends, your family, your children 
your lover, like everything you are, if you are the best version of yourself, which you deserve to be that best version of yourself. You deserve to find out what your power is, what your strength is, and then use it to serve others to make their lives better. Inevitably, they'll become obsessed with you. It's such a service-driven growth. And every time you give service, you have to do it with value or you're not going to get anything in return. Like what? who wants to have a child and not teach them that? Right. Like what? What child should be born in this world and told you'll never be anything, you won't ever be good enough, you won't measure up, people won't even like you, and like don't aim high because let's face it, you're not going to get there. I was like every child deserves that they can love themselves and be whatever they want to be. That Mm -hmm. is what we are. We're just big kids, big kids with cameras. (laughs) It's true. True. Yep. I love it. All right. Well, thank you again. And um, we'll chat next time. Okay. I'm looking forward to next time. I'm going to have to write some notes. Yeah. 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 (laughs) I'm sure we'll text or chat, you know. Yeah. I know. You know, we have a lot of listeners that come on back to listen to our conversations and they love them. And I always get a lot of feedback about them. So if there's it's specifically anything you'd like me and Nikki to talk about, like yeah. I said, Nikki and I've yeah, been yeah. friends for nine years. We've been working together for nine years and I've watched this woman buy her house and have a baby and then have another baby. And I just watched you build your businesses and watched you grow and you were my bridesmaid and you're a dear friend and you're someone that I love speaking to. And I always our conversations have always been really uplifting. Oh, and agreed. I'm glad that people get to listen to them. So if there's anything that you want Nikki and I to talk about, we will go for it. Like we absolutely. Yeah, like, you yeah, know, yeah. I think we, we might want to do this with a bottle of wine one day. I know. See, that's not a bad idea because then we get real. <laughs> like that's when the real shit comes out. No, I'm just kidding. Um, no, that's, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Listener, if you're out there, Email support at supriceeducation.com if you have some ideas for us because we're definitely open to talking about whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? We resist people with confidence all the time. But I was writing the marketing march and I was talking about how I found my confidence. And I was like, I found my confidence doing this and I'm really good at doing this and I'm really good at doing this. And I I also worked out that I can really hold a space for people and I'm really intuitive and I give lots of compliments. And I was listening to myself and I was like, Oh my gosh, listen to you. And I'm really good at this. I'm really good at this. I'm really good at this. And oh, this is my superpower. And then I was like, ooh. And then I was like, but I am. Yeah. And and when I wasn't good at those things and when I didn't love and respect who I was, I didn't get anything for those things. And now I'm really good at them. And and I was like, that moment of confidence is the moment you're telling people, like, I've got this. And then it made me feel like I'm big noting myself or talking about myself and I was like the fact that I feel that way is always going to keep me humble Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and I'm never going to be somebody that's like I'm this and I'm this and I'm amazing no I worked really hard to master all those things they're not like gifts right they might be my natural skills but I worked really hard to develop them yeah and I I say that listening to myself on the other side and that's when people think you're on the other side they they don't they no longer identify that you're in the struggle with them yeah yeah and we did so yeah. that's the hard part yeah yeah all right, all right. See you next month. have a good day i'll talk to you later you too 
Thank you so much for listening to the Portrait System Podcast. Your five-star reviews really help us to continue what we do. So if you like listening, would you mind giving us a review wherever you listen? I also encourage you to head over to SueBriceEducation.com where you can find all of the education you need to be a successful photographer. There are over 1,000 on-demand educational videos on things like posing, lighting, styling, retouching, shooting, marketing, sales, business, and self-value. There's also the 90-Day Startup Challenge plus so many downloads showing hundreds of different poses. We have to-do checklists for your business, lighting PDFs. I mean, truly everything to help make you a better photographer and to make you more money. Once again, that's SueBriceEducation.com. It's time for me to tell you about this episode's sponsor, Fujifilm North America. If you haven't experienced portraits and wedding scenes created on the large format GFX system digital camera sensor, you are missing out. Along with up to 102 megapixel resolution, you'll find rich colors and gorgeous in-camera looks. There's also AI-driven subject detection and 8 frames per second bursts inside the compact GFX100 digital camera. Hit the link in this episode's description to view the products. It's time to dream big in your creative process.